Back to the SMC podcast. Today we are talking with Ashley and Nancy about Royal Family Kids. Uh, but yeah, we're talking with you guys because uh, we had a podcast earlier this year. You guys were getting ready to do Royal Family Kids camp. And at that camp, you were going to be uh, taking care of foster kids. And that has happened now. And uh, we just posted a video last week on our uh, SMC Facebook page and kind of get interviews with. Uh, uh, Nancy, as well as many other people who volunteered from Coldwater Free Methodist Church and perhaps some other places. Was everyone from Coldwater? We had uh, some volunteers from Kalamazoo and we had one from Jackson. Um, and Hillsdale as well. Yes, we had two from Hillsdale. That's right. Okay. So from all around, but they had the event. And uh, from what I could tell when I was editing that video, people had a really great time uh, doing that and uh, uh, really... I was upset because while I was editing the video, I came across all these great stories, but I had to make this video, you know, a little shorter for this first one. And I tried like trimming what people were saying to just get the beginning and the end, but it just wasn't working. So we need a whole podcast dedicated now to kind of go through uh, how it went and what happened and uh, just kind of hear all about it. So this happened in August. Why don't you guys take us back and uh, start from uh, the beginning? Yeah, so I, I honestly don't think you can uh, do this experience without um, experiencing some sort of life-changing uh, uh, experience or, or experiencing God in a new way. Um, we have been so blessed uh, this year to have support from many different places, but it was definitely still a, a test of our faith putting this camp together for our first year. Um, but we did it and it was successful and it wasn't without the help of an amazing team who really just worked amazing together and everything just flowed and you could really just see the hand of God in, in everything that we did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, exciting to hear the stories after camp. Um, just because, you know, as we were trying to, um, help people catch the vision for what, this was, it sounded like a great idea to everybody, but it's something that, you know, until you do it, um, you just, you really can't get it. And uh, it was, it was really neat because um, during the week as directors, we just um, saw a lot of, you know, I mean, it, it wears you out. It's, it's, you're tired by the end of the week. And there are some emotional times. So at the end, I was a little bit concerned, you know, are we going to have people come back and do it again next year? <laughs> and we heard nothing but, you know, um, life-changing stories and people saying um, that there's nothing that could keep them from volunteering again. And, and it changed them in so many ways. And, and even people who I thought, oh my goodness, this person's so exhausted, they're never going to want to come back and help again, you know, or saying that um, they're going to tell all their friends that, you know, why you should volunteer for Royal Family Kids Camp. So it was very encouraging for us to, to see that the vision that we were trying for so long to communicate really got through and people really just took ownership of it. Yeah, one of our volunteers, uh, something he had said was he didn't feel like he uh, gave up a week of his life. He felt like he gained a week. Mm -hmm. And I found that really profound because 
I think that was definitely my experience uh, working with Royal Family Kids these last four years. So really encouraging that um, that is the way that our volunteers felt as well. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, editing those interviews, I didn't get the uh, impression that uh, anyone was not enjoying it or burnt out. I think one person said they were exhausted, but also said that they were I don't know, exhilarated or some some other positive word right alongside that. Yeah, yeah, you're tired at the end, but it's a good tired because you know you've done something that is, I mean, really worthwhile and, you know, really has lasting kingdom effects. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'd like to hear about, because you guys mentioned in our last podcast that you guys uh, throw everyone a birthday party because they uh, may not always get a birthday party throughout the year. Um, a lot of the interviews when I was looking through that, people kept referencing these birthday parties or was it just one big party or you had one, uh, go ahead and share a little on that. Yeah, it was one big birthday party. We called it everybody's birthday and, uh, we got a chance to tell the kids that since we didn't get to spend their birthday with them throughout the year, we loved them and just wanted to celebrate them that day. And, um, I think all of the kids really felt blessed by that, um, and they all got presents and we had um, someone local at cold water who made us a cake um, and on the side of the cake had every kid's name so they got a slice of cake with their name on it and that was really meaningful to them uh, and we just yeah we just had a fun day they did uh, face painting and bounce houses and go-karts and paddle boats and slip and slide so we just made it as fun of a day as possible and yeah it was a really really good day uh, I know one of the guys, one of the counselors was saying that uh, he took his kids back to their room or whatever, and uh, one of the kids pulled out some kind of toy that they had all gotten, but this other kid was missing his, his the same toy that he got, uh, and he was just kind of real sad, and it sounded like this kid was kind of having a tough week in general. Uh, and then one of the other kids in the room just kind of pulled out his egg and said, oh, here it is. I found it and gave it to him. And the counselor was like, that was a red egg you gave him. I know he got a black one that he lost. He's like, what was that all about? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm a little old for toys like that anyways. And just thought I'd give it to him. So stories like that were just really cool to hear. That was one I really wanted to get in the video, but couldn't fit. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was that was our oldest boy at camp who who gave that to our youngest boy mm -hmm. at camp, and so that was a really uh, special thing to see. It was really cool to see how love impacts kids, not just you know in, in a way of building their self esteem, but by seeing them then turn around and show that love to each other and to the volunteers as well it was really impactful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was the running uh, theme through all the interviews I did was uh, I just kind of put them back to back of just uh, people saying love, love, love over and over again because everyone always came back to that, you know, loving God, loving people. And that sounds like that's what your event uh, was an expert in doing this week or a few weeks ago. Absolutely. Yeah, that was definitely our goal. If we could do one thing that week, we wanted to show Christ's love to these kids and that they could walk away knowing that no matter where they go or no matter what situation they're put in, it's outside of their control, but that there's God who loves them and that there are adults that um, can show unconditional love as well. I think it was really important for them to see that not all adults are bad and not all adults um, 
you know, maybe don't have their best interest in, in mind. And so to be able to see positive adult influence and also for us to be able to, uh, again, just be an example of Christ and, and reinforce that, you know, God loves them and, um, you know, that we were there to love on him for a week, but God is always there, uh, to show you love and just giving them that a sense of hope, uh, that they might not uh, have otherwise had, I know um, one of the cool things we do at camp is we teach them songs and our, we had two young worship leaders from Hillsdale that came out. And one of the songs they did in the evening was good, good father. And that was really, uh, I think impactful to see for me, the, you know, the words of that song saying, you know, um, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. And, um, Actually, it was our oldest boy at camp that said that was his favorite song. And we were able to give them some playaways at the end of the week, which were little MP3 players with songs to take home with them. And Good Good Father was on there. So they were able to take that song home. And that's really what we hope that they carry with them. Yeah. And um, one of the things that we, you know, after kind of talking with the counselors, um, we, we don't know that all the stories that these kids are coming to camp with. We don't know their backgrounds. We just um, know what the social workers tell us. And um, this child in particular, um, we learned um, just had uh, a difficult relationship with his parents. And we learned, you know, that he didn't have a, a good father. So the fact that this song was um, special to him really meant a lot. We were, were like that really, um, God was really speaking to him through that song. So that was, that was really, really impactful, I think. And, and just seeing the way that people um, at camp had each other's back was also um, something that was really neat to see throughout the week. During our trainings, we really um, talk a lot about how it's not about me. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things that we repeat over and over again. It's not about you. It's not about me. Um, it's about the kids that are coming and sharing the love of Christ with them. And um, so during the week, we have to put our own issues aside and we have to make it all about the kids. And so just seeing that all of the volunteers just um, putting their own needs aside and just helping not only the kids, but each other and seeing where, um, you know, people would take initiative. They would see um, something that needed to be done or just um, a space that needed to be filled and they would just step in and do it. And we're like, we didn't, we didn't train them to do those things. They just really got the uh, idea that it's not about me this week. It's about, it's about loving. Right. Loving the kids and then also supporting each other and loving on each other. You know, Royal Family Kids, the name is really talking about providing a family, um, you know, and, and introducing kids to the family of God and providing that family uh, feel for the week. But it was also such a feel of family among the staff. Um, I really felt that that week. And we had a couple who um, came up to be our camp aunt and uncle, and they just noticed a need uh, for our kitchen. Um, who needed some extra help cooking and um, prepping really is what it was. They, um, they noticed some need with helping prep. And so they offered and they were a huge help and they rearranged their whole schedule just to come in early to help prep for the day. And I know that really blessed our kitchen staff. And um, it was just something that Nancy and I couldn't have foreseen being a need because, you know, we are running around and, and 
various directions. So that kind of support, just recognizing a need and being willing to step up and fill it, that was just happening over and over again all week with our staff. actually um, had a brother and sister that were able to come to camp. Um, that was, I think, just from the beginning, um, just a testimony. Um, we had two open spots um, that we still needed to fill about a week and a half before camp. It was four days before camp. Four days, okay. Yes, yes. We got, uh, we've, we got 10 um, applications from uh, social services and, and our um, social ser service um, liaison was telling us that she thought that more foster parents would be jumping for this opportunity and so um, we didn't get as many applications as we had hoped for and there were two foster moms from Kalamazoo that had reached out to me previously and uh, so I reached out to them earlier in that week and um, between those two moms we got four more kids so we had 14 kids for a camp and we had eight counselors and um, the ratio for counselors to campers are two to one. So we had space for 16 kids, but only 14 campers four days before camp. And I was talking with Ashley and um, she mentioned that one of our uh, volunteers was a social worker for St. Joseph County and that maybe we might ask if they had anyone. And so she, we called her up and she said, we just happened to have, I, I told her we have a space for one boy and one girl. She said, we just happened to have a brother and sister that need um, respite this week. They need a place to go between placements. And that was, that was perfect. Yeah. And it was really evident from uh, day one <clears throat> that God had meant for them to come to camp. Um, the older sister, when she got off, uh, you know, the, you know, got out of the vans and, and, you know, kind of being introduced to her counselor. She, she definitely had some walls up. She, you know, kind of came to camp with an attitude that she wasn't going to like it and she wasn't going to make friends and she just was going to keep these barriers up. Um, and so to see that girl day one, and then by the middle of the week, see the biggest, most genuine smile on her face as she was interacting with her cabin mates and playing dress up and going to the tea party. It was just such a huge uh, example of what God's love can do. And um, really, we, we felt strongly that this, you know, that um, even the dates of camp just fell so perfectly for them to come, that God had just planned for it all along, that they had just such a, a special uh, re, you know, um, that they, that they were especially, um, supposed to be there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, and we really were blessed to see their transformation throughout the week. And it really reminds us why we do camp, um, where these kids would have been moved to a brand new home um, and coming into it with the anger and the anxiety and the frustration of being removed from a home that they had actually previously been out for a couple years. Um, they were able to take a week and um, 
just have fun and be a kid. And I really think that helped make their transition smoother as well. Um, they left camp with smiles on their faces yeah. and giving everyone hugs and um, just kind of almost at peace mm -hmm. uh, to move to their next placement. Yeah. And they did arrive at camp with that anger. Um, it was, we had a rough couple of days, um, especially with the, the youngest, just because, you know, you're just a little kid and you don't really understand all that's happening. But, um, you know, he came with a heavy load. And so we had, we had a lot of behavioral outbursts and um, sometimes we weren't sure what would set him off. But, um, you know, just one day uh, he had just started to calm down from um, just throwing a really huge tantrum. <laughs> and um, he just, everything was frustrating him. Everything was. And, you know, his counselor had even mentioned to me, boy, if I had the issues that he has, I'd be angry too. Um, but he's just a little, little guy. He doesn't know why things are happening to him and why, you know, he's got to go through the things that he's going through. And, um, as I was, uh, helping the, the social worker that was walking with him and, um, getting him ready to get his things, his towel and things so he could go to, to the lake for swim time. Um, he just, I just saw the pain on his face and it just overwhelmed me in that moment, all the pain that this child is experiencing and I, I just kind of began to tear up and that second he looked at me and I had like this feeling like maybe I should look away you know I, I don't want him to but then I thought you know how many how many people has he ever seen um, cry because of his pain and so I just looked back at him and I just let him see that I was I had tears in my eyes and it seemed to calm him down for a second and then he just turned away and grabbed his towel and he was happy and we went. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's an emotional week. And toward the end of it, you do, sometimes it can be overwhelming, but um, you, you know that you're doing, you're there for a good purpose. And I think we were. Yeah. And I think I heard that uh, one of the interviews, someone was saying that uh, there was a brother and sister who came and that, it was good to watch the sister not look like she had to be a mother for a few days to her little brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was definitely the case with these two. She um, was 11 and he was six. So that age difference um, as well as just being a brother and sister moving from home to home, that typically happens with the older sibling. They'll become uh, nurturing to the others. And so we actually, the oldest boy in camp had a similar uh, thing where he was very uh, nurturing towards his younger brothers. So being able to kind of separate from that and, we really tried to reassure them that their younger siblings were taken care of and they were safe and we were there to make, you know, their experience good. It really, I think just gave them permission to be kids. And um, that was a really cool thing to see as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very common thing actually, because we had every, every child um, at our camp except for one um, had either siblings or foster siblings that were with them at camp. And we noticed that was a theme. Um, was that the oldest child in each home had this sense of I'm taking care of the, the younger kids. And that's, that's a pretty common thing. And I think I pretty much heard a lot of interviews saying the same thing that you guys were just saying is that people kind of came in, crossed arms, not wanting to get involved. And then by the end, dancing around, having a good time. So sounds like you won them over to the point that one of them said, uh, 
you know, can you think of a way that we can stay here? <laughs> was was asking one of the one of the adults to try to think up a plan, a plot. So yeah, yes, yeah. so we had a we had a drama, and um, we had all uh, different sheep characters, and one of the sheep characters was Brain Sheep, and she was supposed to be a very smart, smart uh, character, and so he said, "You're smart, Brain. Think of a way to keep us here." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounded like that a wonderful time. Uh, did you guys find that? Because you, you did this out uh, west before uh, and have now kind of brought it closer to our area. Um, do you find that this went similar to what you've found before? Yeah, it was amazing to me um, because I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. I knew that um, we had experienced camp before, and so we went through our trainings. We gave people their job descriptions and their roles and they stepped into it and um there was one day where i looked around and i was like this is royal family kids camp this is i mean in a different setting in a different campground than we were at before but it's working just the same it's functioning exactly like you never would have known it was our first year just by the way that the the, the staff really stepped up and um, you know, just from our past experience, that's absolutely true. It was, they came together and, and yeah, it yeah. was a very, the camp just flowed really smoothly, uh, in the flow of things. And that doesn't mean we weren't throwing some curveballs, but we had just such a great support from our staff that, you know, when we did have, uh, you know, a fire pop up, we were able to stomp it out pretty quick. Yeah. But you wouldn't have known that they hadn't done it before. They, they yeah. just really stepped into the roles and did a great job. Absolutely. And that's one thing that uh, we definitely need to mention, because I know this year, you know, this was the first time you're doing it, um, finding the help to make it work out uh, took a, a little bit of time here and there, specifically getting some more uh, help from males, I think, uh, for a bit. Uh, but here's what I noticed, you know, I, I knew we were putting out, uh, just letting people know we could use a little more help uh, in the Chronicles here and there, and then just watching all these interviews, like every single person's like, you know, I want to do this again next year. I can't wait for next year. And I need to tell everybody else to do this too. And just, uh, they were, they were excited for it to show. When, when did you film those interviews? Like at the end or like a few weeks later? I think it was um, um, a couple of weeks. After we were camp. two weeks post campus when we filmed those interviews and every single person we talked to said, yeah. I'm coming back next year. Yeah. And that was, that was huge for both Nancy and I, um, we put a lot of blood, sweat and tears in the, to making this camp happen. And so, um, just to see the reward and not just the reward and how we can bless the kids, but how it blessed our staff. Right. And I think a lot of people feel, this is how I felt, um, before I volunteered for Royal Family Kids, um, is that I'm not qualified. I don't have any experience working with foster kids. And I think a lot of people came with that attitude, like I've never done anything like this before. I don't know what qualifies me to do it, but I see that you have a need, so I'm willing. And um, you know, after you do it, it's like, you just wanna keep coming back. It's, you see um, something deeper than your own qualifications, you know, because God doesn't ask us to be qualified to do it. He, he has a plan and all we have to do is step in and be obedient to him. Yeah. And I think even you just filming those videos two weeks later, kind of shouts volumes. Cause it's not like people are on like the edge of like, Oh, adrenaline five days straight. It was great. We got to do it again. This is like two weeks later. Like I can't wait for next year. So, um, yeah, hopefully this gives you a chance to kind of bring some more people in as they hear just how great it was and 
Who knows? Maybe multiply. That's our key word, right? Multiply into some more of these or something. Yeah, we have our dates already for next year, and we've heard from people that they're already taking those dates off of work. Yep. We do uh, also uh, would love to see um, more than 16 kids be able to come this year. We'd love to double that number if we can. Our goal for year one was actually 30 kids and God had different plans and it worked out well. Um, But we would like to see that number come to camp. Um, And that just comes with getting more volunteers. Yes. So this year um, we you know, we found a campground that offered us a great deal and we um, um, had our pastor's wife, our wonderful pastor's wife, Joan Foster, did all of our cooking for the week. So she was able to um, buy the food and um, feed us for pretty inexpensively, but still putting on a week of camp um, is pretty expensive. And so we Uh, came up with the dollar amount that we felt like we were going to need to raise um, back in February. And um, the day after we set the dollar amount, we got a call from a church near Kalamazoo that said they used to have a Royal Family Kids and they had a fund and they had that fund designated to, because they were going through a, a name change of their church, they had their fund designated to Royal Family Kids Camp in Southwest Michigan. <laughs> and um, that just happened to fit our description perfectly and they said would you like this money and in the amount was exactly what we had um, talked about the day before so we didn't need to raise money this year um, God provided absolutely everything through the funds that had been raised through this church um, and you know they had done a lot of fundraising and a lot of generous people gave and so at camp at the birthday party one of the girls um, was kind of overwhelmed at all the presents because we you know we spoiled them a little bit um, we had the money in our budget, so we bought them each, um, you know, four or five gifts. And she just opened her presents and she said, who bought all these presents for us? And I said, these um, were paid for by money from people who donated to our camp. And she just looked around and she said, I wish I could thank all the people who donated the money. And, um, you know, you could just really see that she, nobody had ever really done this for her before she hadn't experienced being spoiled to that extent. And um, so this year we're going to be needing to raise money and um, you know, we want to be able to offer kids experiences that they don't normally get and make them feel special on their birthday, making them make them feel like, you know, um, getting a lot of presents is not necessarily a normal thing for Um, most of the kids that come and uh, we want to be able to give them some good gifts and and offer them some great experiences and entertainment and um, fun crafts and and other things throughout the week and we actually also had three boys this week that we bought new pairs of shoes for Um, they came to camp uh, without shoes that either didn't fit well we had one boy that had the, the same like a left shoe for both feet Um, and so we had the ability to go out and buy them brand new pair of tennis shoes and, um, that they can take home and start the school year with. Um, and so things like that, uh, we want to be able to, um, raise the money to be able to bless kids that way. So next year, um, I think God just really blessed us this first year to, um, just take that burden off of us, of raising some of the funds that, um, 
first year is just so many different things that we have to think about, especially in Michigan. Michigan has very strict uh, laws for licensing camps. And so we had to go through the camp program licensing process, and that was quite a lot of work. So um, we just felt really blessed that God uh, provided in that way. But this year we will have to uh, do some more fundraising uh, and, and more significant fundraising. So um, anyone who uh, wants to give can reach out directly to Coldwater Free Methodist Church uh, and give to the Royal Family Kids Fund. I think one really cool story that we didn't get to share um, that was shared on our video, um, that little boy um, who had outbursts, one of his outbursts happened. Uh, we brought him to the chapel to kind of get him separated um, from the other kids and let him, um, you know, really just have that moment. Um, but what we didn't perceive was he started heading straight for uh, our stage equipment and things like that. He, like he was going to tear it down. And um, we just talked about how God showed himself in so many ways throughout camp. God definitely showed up in that situation because right as he was about to tear down some expensive stage equipment, a spider just happened to be on the stage and he, woo, a spider. And he stepped back and, and he sat down and he just calmed down. And so that was God really just showing up to um, diffuse a situation that could otherwise, you know, have been expensive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, that's like we tell our volunteers, you know, God, God's there and he shows himself and, and really all that it takes is a willing heart. Um, to be there and serve these kids. And um, God really just shows up in so many ways. Pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, I cried editing the video. Really just appreciate the ministry that you guys are doing and bringing that to uh, the SMC and just inspiring the rest of us to, to get on board uh, um, with reaching out in this way, taking care of foster kids. Uh, just as the Bible, you know, calls us to minister to uh, those who'd be considered least of these and the orphans, widows, things like that. This, this is right up that alley. And of course, uh, there's many ways to get involved with reaching foster kids, but this seems like a, an easy one to to spend a few days with. So appreciate you guys bringing that here and uh, chatting with us about that today. Yeah, thank mm. you so much for having us again. Yeah, you bet. So this is the SMC podcast. We'll catch up with you guys next time with more interviews. For now, have a wonderful rest of your day. SMC Podcast.